Brother Justin's message will be on Ephesians 2.20 and and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief, chief cornerstone. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that Brother Justin would get have the words to speak and we would be able to understand it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Morning, brothers and sisters. It's good to be back. It's good to be able to assemble together. I'm thankful for the opportunity. We thank God for it. We don't take it for granted. Knowing we know that many of our brethren all over the globe right now don't have the opportunity that we have here today. This is one reason why we broadcast these meetings too, and we record these meetings for a later date. It's in view, we remember those who are in bonds as if we are in bonds with them. Those of you who have joined us over live stream that can't meet physically with an assembly, we pray for you, we give thanks for your faith in God, and we greet you in the name of the Lord this morning. Today marks our 58th lesson on the person of Jesus Christ. This series of messages is designed to present you with a single facet of the multifaceted Lord. It's in order to promote a sustained and focused consideration of the Son of God. And that adds to our comprehension of the truth. See, it's only, be, it's only by beholding the Son of God that we're transformed from one state of glory to another state of glory. It's the opposite of being conformed to the world. If you do not focus on the truth, like focus on it, you'll never understand the truth. You'll find that people who who don't understand God generally don't think about God. It's a principle. You'll never find them pondering what Jesus said in their heart, chewing it over in their mind, praying about what he said, pressing in to consider it. See, shallowness must be corrected or men will never comprehend the revelations of God. Understanding will never come from shallow, surface views of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself told his disciples, he said, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. The big fish are caught in the deep. That's where the big catches are. They're in the deep. If you're fishing in the banks, you'll catch the minnows. You catch minnows in the banks. It's a taste. It is a taste, but see, it's a... It's an introductory thing. You can't, you can't survive off of things like that. Substantial spiritual truth and nourishment is always obtained by trafficking in deep areas. And see, now, this, is, this is the reason for this series, is to present you with these thoughts of Christ in a sustained thought. One sustained thought. Shallow thinking is not... Practical for the children of God. It's introductory. 
I understand that everybody comes into the kingdom in an introductory sense, but it's got to increase. You've got to grow. And this needs to be preached today more than ever where we are practically bombarded with distractions everywhere we turn. Many different things calling out your attention all at once. Even things that are already a distraction, like television. Television is already a distraction. But even that is filled with distractions. You can barely turn on a program and it not get interrupted for more than 10 minutes with another commercial break. As a result, and this is the point I want to make, is that the attention spans of today are not what they were 50 years ago or 100 years ago. And it's trickled into the church. It's trickled into preaching. Nowadays you've got 20-minute motivational type speech. That's really what you've got. Today's surface thinking has flourished because distractions are a normal part of everyday life. But praise God, we're not obligated to follow after the patterns of the world. But we're free to think on these things that have been richly afforded to us in Christ. Today I would like to speak about this precious facet of the Lord Jesus Christ that he is the chief cornerstone. Selah. Our text this morning comes from the passage in Ephesians. I want to read it again, starting in verse 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, praise God, but fellow citizens with the saints. Actually, joined. Joined to the spirits of just men made perfect. Seated in heavenly places with Christ. No longer of Adam's race only. No more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Sounds good, doesn't it? And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord in whom ye are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. All those are considerations essential for the cornerstone. Salvation is a great building project from God. A building for a habitation. It's not just like a lifeless building. It's a building for a purpose. He's building it through His Son, As fellow citizens with the saints in the household of God, we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Not were built. doesn't say the church was built. It says church are built. We are built. It's a continual building project. As long as the church is in the world, edification remains a necessary thing. And the emphasis of the ministry... This is why Paul spoke concerning things, these things. He said, he said that the, of the things that are done in the church, let all things be done unto edifying. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith we may edify one another. Yes. Romans 14, 19. He said, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Now that's three things that's established from God that the church is to be edified. It's a building fitly framed. We are built upon this foundation. 
as the hymn writer wrote, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, her Lord. The church's one foundation. It's the same thing. It's the same thing as saying we are joined unto the Lord. First Corinthians six seventeen. To be built, our built on the foundation is like to say we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bone. Ephesians five thirty, or that, or that we are the body of Christ. Added to the Lord, Acts 5.14 says many were added unto the Lord. They were built, they are built on this foundation. See, the, the church is perfectly integrated with the foundation. The church is perfectly integrated with Christ being the chief cornerstone. And as a result, they're faithful. If Christ is faithful, the church that is integrated with Christ is faithful. If Christ is stable, then the church that's integrated with Christ is stable. You've got to see this, brethren. Yes, amen. <clears throat> and it cannot be built. The church cannot be built without Christ himself at the center of it. Christ is the chief cornerstone. As Charles Spurgeon said, Christ is the essence of his own work. I like that. That was good. <clears throat> he is everything that the apostles and prophets spoke concerning. <clears throat> he was, see, he was at the center of everything they taught. The prophets foretold of the one that God would work his purpose through. I'll give you an example. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, <clears throat> unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. They were testifying of this, of this cornerstone, this one. The apostles declared the person of Jesus Christ to be the one foretold by the prophets. The prophets foretold it, and then the apostles declared this is that. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that the God that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And they expounded the work that God is doing through him. They said things like he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Amen. Or it became him for whom are all things. And by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. See, they were, they were faithfully building on this foundation. And everything they said hinged on Jesus Christ himself. See, the, the prophets foretold it. Behold, Isaiah said, Behold, I, I lay in Zion for a foundation. A stone, a precious cornerstone. Jesus is a precious cornerstone. And his church is a precious church. The apostles proclaimed it. See, the, the, the prophets foretold it. I lay in Zion for a cornerstone. And then the prophets proclaimed it. For other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. He was the center of everything they taught, and he must be the center of everything that we teach as well. 
The materials we build with, see, they must perfectly blend with the foundation. That's gold and silver and precious stones. See, those, those things are the precious things of God blend with the foundation. Wood, hay, and stubble and things of the earth do not. See, Sister June's teaching this morning on the Godhead and the Word of God. See, that was that blended with the foundation. It perfectly blended. With, and it blended with what the Apostle Paul laid. Christ, the cor- Christ is the cornerstone, but with the, without the apostolic doctrine, you would know very little about the cornerstone. You can see the cornerstone... Because of the foundation that Paul laid. Consider some of, some of the Apostle Paul's teachings. Every single one of these teachings are foundational teachings. And they're things that you would not know aside from Paul laying it out. The intercession and mediation of Christ in heaven. The nature, work, and effect of faith. The high priesthood of Christ. The access that we have to God by faith in Christ. The riches in Christ Jesus, justification by faith in Christ, the operation of God in baptism, the new creation in Christ, the inner conflict between the old and the new, the function of the church, the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, the body of Christ and the spiritual gifts that are given to the members, the circumcision of Christ, the manifestation of the righteousness of God. The purpose of the law, the freedom in Christ, that trials and tribulations and sufferings are working together for our good. How about the armor of God, the love of God, the unity of the Spirit, the oneness in Christ, the function of the Holy Spirit, the strengthening of the inner man, the gift of God, the coming of the Lord from heaven. And even this message that I'm presenting you today, they're all foundational things laid down by Paul as a wise master builder. He had grace that, were give, that was given to him. And that's just, that's just a sampling of the things that Paul's taught. That's not even an exhaustive list. They're all foundational. They all join with the person of Christ himself. And the words of Christ himself. They join one another. Paul's teachings and the person of Christ They join one another like the foundations of Jerusalem were joined together. And whatever we preach and teach is joined together with that. Therefore, any church that majors on teachings that Paul didn't major on is already off on the wrong foot. And today, believe it or not, there are churches that give more attention to what Solomon said about the world than what Paul said about Jesus Christ. Paul laid the foundation and another builds upon. In other words, the things that we speak on and talk about, they're not, these aren't, see, these aren't new revelations about God. We're actually, we're unpacking the implications and we're expounding the things that Paul laid down. All centered in Jesus Christ himself being the substance of the gospel. Haven't you ever heard a sermon preached about something Paul said and suddenly you were able to understand it and see deeper into it than you've ever than you had ever before? 
Suddenly there was this vista of truth that just opened up to you and you were able to see, I understand what he's talking about. What happened? The one speaking built upon that foundation in a proper way and it added to your understanding. It was edification was ministered. The one speaking built upon a foundation. But what if what is what what if spoken is not edifying? What if somebody gets up in the pulpit and launches out into a theological discourse and nobody's edified? Well, it can't be integrated with the foundation. It's not proper. It has no place in the church. This is why Paul warned us. He said, let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Take heed now. Be careful about what you're talking about up here. Absolutely no one can afford to be ignorant about what the Apostle Paul taught and make advancement in the kingdom of God. No one has anything profitable to build on this foundation with if they do not have some sort of working knowledge of this foundation. And there's grace for this. See, Paul, Paul needed grace to be a wise master builder, and we need grace to build upon the foundation as well. We have to take heed how we build. Pay attention. See, nobody can just cook up a teaching and present it as something that God is doing that contradicts these things. We can't teach what sounds good or what the people want to hear or what we think is the right way. We can't be moved by emotion or popular culture. What the world esteems or says is valuable. We must be moved by the Spirit of God and our words must be confirmed with what God has already said. Let every man take heed on how he builds. And this is not just speaking. This edification is not just speaking of an individual growth. Christ is not the cornerstone of an individual. He's the cornerstone of the household of faith. He's the cornerstone of the church. And although it's important that we all grow on our own, And and in our own comprehension of the things of God, edification in its grandest sense is not just for an individual, but for the aggregate body of Christ. Edification is for the church. We are a building fitly framed together. We are members of one another. It's It's a great realization, brethren. When this when this dawns upon your soul. That you fit in with other believers. Yeah. Yeah. That, you're, that you fit in with them. That you need each other. Yeah. Therefore, the primary work of the church is to all the building. That's right here in our text. Down there in verse 24. To all the building. Edification to the body makes the church strong, stable, and suitable as a whole, to lay hold on the person of Christ and to do the work of the Lord. See, we all must be grounded and settled or rooted and grounded in Christ. When the ministry is to the whole, there's a realization of the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. The effects of, those are effects of being joined to the Lord as one Spirit and belonging to the foundation. 
The reason why the professed church today is having so many problems is because there has been somebody building on another foundation. There are entire churches today that are being built upon something else other than Christ. And you may even have people in those churches who really do have a desire for the things of God, but currently they're subject to all kinds of teaching that's building them on another foundation. And the fundamental ignorance of the things of God is evidence for it. And it would be better for a millstone to be hung around their neck and then be cast into the depths of the sea than to offend even the least of Christ's brethren. And there's a lot more today than just the least that are being offended. And the word of the Lord to these poor souls and that we declare this to them today. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. It's a promise from God. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. God's mad about this. Babylon has created a system that cannot integrate with the foundation. It can't integrate with the cornerstone. Because in Babylon, the whole building is not really the point, is it? It's rather the individuals are exalted above others. You've noticed this. You've noticed this. You go into a church building and there's one speaker and the rest sit there and listen. If they even listen. You've got a handful of people professionally trained and the rest sit and listen. When it's designed to be a mutual participation when the building is a building fitly framed together. Everyone in the church is called to participate in their measure, not just one. You have to be able to see the things of God for yourself. You have to be able to communicate the things of God for yourself. Christ says to get in you and it's got to flow out. Water that flows into a place but doesn't flow out, that's called a swamp. It's stagnation. Spiritual life isn't just intended to be poured in. It's desired to, designed to be poured out. Out of, his, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. That's the believer. See, Babylon doesn't make... Does Babylon make a provision for that? No. We are members of one another. We have need of one another because we are all the members of the body of Christ and Christ is not divided. In Babylon, it's fine to agree to disagree. It's, in Babylon, it's fine to have everyone have their own opinion about what God said, and we'll just meet somewhere in the middle. But in Christ, it's not this way. Paul said, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. And when individual parts cannot fit together as a whole, it actually becomes an unstable structure because it's not built on the foundation. You've got to see this, brethren. 
If the foundation's not right, there's no way the building can stand. And there's no way the members will be integrated to fit together. Even the natural world will tell you this. The foundation bears the stability of the entire structure. You compromise the foundation, there's no building. Jesus himself spoke about wise and foolish builders. He said, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded on a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. And when the tribulation comes, anything that's not built on Christ will fall. Babylon's going to fall one day. It's going to encounter something and it's not going to be able to hold up against. But the remnant church, the one that's built upon this foundation, they'll stand through it. They heard him and they heard Christ and they did his commandments because they were built upon that rock. They were integrated with the foundation. They owe their stability, not not purely to their obedience, but to where their dwelling place was founded upon. Can you see that, brethren? Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the household of faith. Look at this example in the scripture. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, That's the cornerstone. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's our built. Our built on this foundation. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. You're not going to get strength unless you're on this foundation. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, That ye, that's you all, that's not just an individual, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, see that's the result of edification, that the the work of the ministry is to the edification of itself in love, being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, see that's unity, that's oneness, that's, that's, being fitly framed together, being able to comprehend with all the saints, that's the whole body, not just an individual, what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. That's a purpose. It's a purpose. It's God's progressive building project underway now and with Christ as the chief cornerstone. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines cornerstone as the stone which lies at the corner of two walls and unites them, the principal stone, and especially the stone which forms the corner of the foundation of an edifice. 
Cornerstones in construction are not happenstance. They are purposed by design to be the key thing on which everything depends. It either bears the weight and joins things together, or it determines the overall shape of the structure. See, the aggregate body of Christ, when put together, equals Christ. Christ himself has determined the shape and the proportions of the structure. Actually, in the Revelation and in John Beloved, it it talks about foundations being four square. It's like a perfect, there's there's a perfection to it. Nothing is out of proportion in the church because of the cornerstone. There is nothing lacking. There is no weakness. There is no imperfection or blemish or flaw on what is founded on the cornerstone. But if you take Jesus away, there is no way. There is no truth. There is no life. There's no stability, no forgiveness, no cleansing, no reconciliation, no intercession, no salvation. There's no way you can see anything, know anything, be anything, do anything. There's no faith. There's no hope. Christ is all in all. In God's everlasting kingdom, the foundation is not an idea. The foundation in God's kingdom is not a philosophy. It's not a way of living. In God's everlasting kingdom, the foundation is not a religious doctrine or a creed or a theological tenet. The foundation is not a set of commandments or principles or routines. The foundation is not a position. The foundation is a person, the man, Christ Jesus, the only perfect man, the only one. Jesus Christ is, when it comes to the relationship between God and mankind, I want to be, I want to be integral about this. When it comes to the relationship between God and mankind, the only perfect man was Christ. The only one who had the full approval of God was Christ. The only one who had the full favor and blessing of God is Christ. The only one who was well-pleasing to the Father was Christ. When it comes to, to God, when it comes to God and humanity, there is only one intercessor between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. The as As we're touching Christ, we're touching God. He's the chief cornerstone. He fulfilled all the requirements. He paid all the costs. He did all the Father asked him to all the time. He's the one full of grace and truth. He's the one appointed. He's the one appointed by God to be the captain of our salvation. He's the one in whom salvation fully rests. The perception of Jesus Christ as the Son of God is the foundation that the church is built upon. He's the cornerstone of a house made not be without hands. It's not just a building. 
It's a habitation. If, if Jesus isn't in the building, it's not a habitation. It's, and if it's not a habitation, it's not the church. The church is God's house. The church is God's building. For the Lord hath chosen Zion, he had desired it for his habitation. This is my rest forever, here will I dwell, for I have desired it. He desires to dwell in his church. A useful building. It's where God dwells is usefulness. It's a building of purpose. It's a building where it's the tabernacle of the Most High. God has intimately revealed things about himself in his church, which he never has revealed anywhere else. The church is the center of what God is doing on the earth. It's the pillar and ground of the truth. It's growing into a holy temple. And I know it's fashionable today to say that the church is a hospital for sinners, but that's not what the church is. It's a temple. It's a temple of the living God. The apostles laid the foundation, which is Christ. Now they said, all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. God is served in the church. God is served in the church. This is the emphasis, not the community. The church isn't here to serve the community. The church isn't here to serve men. That's not why the church is here to serve God. God was served in the temple. Jesus called the temple the house of prayer. That's what Jesus called the temple. He called it my father's house. That's how Jesus referred to the temple. My father's house. And that's how we refer to it too. He's the, he is all in all the foundation, the cornerstone. By him all things consist. He's holding it together. He is the one who began the work. He is the one who's maintaining the work. He's the one who's bringing the work to completion. And we're thankful for this Jesus Christ who is the cornerstone. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, the precious cornerstone, the foundation of the church, his building and his home. Of the prophets was foretold this chosen one of God. The apostles proclaimed him. They shouted it abroad. What the builders rejected has now become the head. The church established on him who rose up from the dead. The center of God's purpose and work upon the earth. And men are joined in oneness to Christ in his new birth. No longer are we strangers or pilgrims in this land but are built upon this tried stone, created one new man. He's holding all together. By him all things consist, this cornerstone of blessing, which everything exists. Jesus is all the pattern of how the church should be, defining its proportions for all eternity, built on this sure foundation. But be careful how you build. And Paul, he laid the groundwork and by God's grace was skilled. We are all joined together, a building fitly framed. All members active in it of Christ, we all are named. Salvation's building project, go tell it all abroad. Built on this cornerstone, a habitation for our God.
Thank you, brethren. I would like to open up for comments. Spoke about um, Babylon. See, Babylon, it um, it has like a, a pseudo foundation. You know, it, it's a place where people gather, so they think, well, they're that's acceptable, right? Like they did at the at the temple. But it's it's what they worship. They see Babylon doesn't worship God. Mm-hmm. Babylon is it, it it worships itself. It it, it, it sets itself up as God. And so this, um, you know, um, God's angry with the wicked every day. Mm-hmm. He's, ang- he's angry with the wicked every yes. day. So see, the, you, people cre- have created in their minds this false God that it's just like all smiles and everything's pleasant. He's going to destroy the wicked. Mm-hmm. You know, so... It, it, but this really, you know, in our generation that we're living in right now, this is almost outlawed. If you get up and you, you actually tell people about the real God, you'll be ostracized because it's just not very politically correct. It's just mm-hmm. not very, you're, it's not very nice. But see, when you're standing before a holy and a just God, see, you're going to find out what, 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 what God, what His judgment is. He is going to ask you, how do you feel about this? It's going to be His. See, right now, if you see it right, the, the church, the foundation that God's given, He's given us a Savior, one that can deliver us from the wrath to come. Because there's wrath coming. It, it, whether we anybody likes it or not, it's coming. And so now, if He knew, you know, an impending doom was coming, wouldn't you let people know? Yeah. I mean, if you were so, you know. But see, the, the, the Babylon, the devil, he dulls people's senses to where they don't know the truth. And so, of course, they can't preach it. They can't propagate it. You know, Babylon is, in our generation is a, is a, is a great way to make a lot of money. Mm. But it's not long-term planning for the future. Amen. Amen. Brother David. When you have a, a, corner, a cornerstone and a foundation, it, the resulting building is one that will be strong and stable and can't be shaken. Uh, but if, yeah. if you don't have a good foundation and a good cornerstone, mm-hmm. it would be like the Jesus parable about the wise man who built a house he dug down deep onto the rock and that was his foundation and when the storm came it couldn't be shaken mm-hmm. but the foolish man when he was uh, building his house he just built it on the sand and it, no foundation and the, it says great was the fall of that and the same in the, the church the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets mm-hmm. and Christ himself being the chief cornerstone it can't be shaken it's a kingdom that can't be shaken. There's going to be a time when everything will be shaken. Yeah. The things, only thing that will remain will survive. Mm-hmm. It's going to shake. God says He's going to shake not only earth but also heaven. Mm-hmm. And anything that's not built on that foundation will fall. So the the uh, 
Babylon church, like Brother Robert said, appears to have a foundation. But it, if it's not built on Christ and the foundation of the apostles and prophets, it's going to be shaken and it will be great a great fall. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, in Revelation it says, uh, Come out of her, my brethren, you be not a partaker of her sins. Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, I'd hate to be in a, when that shaking time comes, to be dashed to pieces and crushed and mm-hmm. destroyed. Praise God, we have a kingdom that can't be. Destroyed or shaken. Amen. The church that can't be shaken or destroyed. Amen. <coughs> Amen. <coughs> yeah, God has announced that everything's going to be shaken. Mm-hmm. Taken Amen. down. Mm-hmm. Amen. The only thing that's going to stand is what He built. Mm-hmm. Amen. I thank God for those warnings. I. There's people, there are people, unfortunately, their religion has made them deaf. Yeah, uh-huh. They can't, they don't even hear what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. They can't hear. But it's their religion that's made them that way. They have, they've embraced an erroneous view of God. In other words, it's an idol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear about these things. I am. Mm-hmm. God's told us what's going to happen. Everything's going to be shaken. He's told you that it's going to stand. He's made full provision for you to be part of what's going to stand. He gives you grace and faith and the Spirit to sustain you and keep you there. See, everything's been... All things are ready. Amen. Come to the feast. Yes, amen. So I'm thankful I've been able to come to the feast. Amen. amen. Thank you for that stirring yes. message. Amen. Amen. Yes, brother. You know, uh, while you were preaching this, I remember uh, something happened last week. Um, I think it was on Wednesday, but um, I had called Sister Anita, and and at that point in time, Sister Frances could respond. Uh, not too much. She got tired quickly. And I, so I, I asked, needed to put it on speakerphone so I could talk to Sister Frances. And I asked her, I said, I want to ask you one question, and then, then I'll let you go. I says, are you ready to go live with Jesus? And it was a brief silence, and then she let out an extreme sigh, and she said, oh, yes. But see, what she did, she proved she's on the foundation. That's right. She, her heart was with God. And even though it was difficult, even though it was hard, she didn't give up. Amen. Yes, Brother David? I would like to address something else. The uh, correct word would be cornerstone or ahead of the corner. There's some false translations that use other words like keystone or capstone. Uh-huh. A keystone would be used in an arch to yeah. support the weight, but that would imply that there's something else supporting the whole arch. Uh-huh. If, if Jesus was the keystone, then that's he's not the foundation. Mm-hmm. If 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 it was that he was the capstone, that would be the final stone you put on top of a building. That would imply that he's not the foundation. Those are incorrect translations and need to be abolished. Uh-huh. But people still use them. But the correct word is cornerstone. Everything is fit to him, joined to him. Yeah, he right. determines the, the course of the building, the 
the straight lines and the mm -hmm. everything, the stability, everything's based on that. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Brother David. Amen. Sister. Um, I appreciate the way you pointed out and taught us about the difference between a building and a habitation. And it helped me understand the difference between Babylon and the true church. And um, when you pointed out that there's no spiritual growth for those that do not have God indwelling. And um, it just it made me think about the fruit of the Spirit and um, how God has said he's given us a new heart and his wisdom and, and revelation and a love for one another. And it caused me to be thankful that I... I can see and partake of those that fruit here. And I want to thank you for clarifying that for me. Yes, mm -hmm. yes amen. amen. Thank you, sister. Yes. Thank you, brethren. Amen. amen. Sister Tanya has our song for the Lord's table. And Brother Gibbon has our meditation for the Lord's Supper. Hello, brethren. Open up your melodies of